I think it was 1999, when uh, a newspaper came out with 24 children on. Where have our children gone? I think something like that. So that actually clicked to us, me and him, and we spoke. And then we gathered some very close friends first. And and we we we, we decided to we have to do something about it. Maybe this is where my dreams is leading me. Maybe this is what we're doing. So then we started with concerned parents of Muslim children. On March 24, 1997, nine-year-old Matthew Olson disappeared without a trace from outside his Mitchell's Plain home. His family's lives were changed forever. In breaking news at this hour, the Mitchell's Plain community is living in fear after a nine-year-old boy disappeared from outside his home. Matthew Olson was sent outside to bring the dustbin in, but never returned. Police say they still have no leads in the case of nine-year-old Matthew Olson who went missing on the 24th of March. And as days turned into months and then years, the family decided to start an organization that helps find missing children, providing support to other parents and going on searches. This after a spate of missing children cases continued to grip the Western Cape. In this final episode of Missing Matthew, a podcast by News24, we bring you the Olsen family's quest for the truth and the stories of inspiration and hope as they helped others along the way. I always, you know, when I buy clothes, um, I always buy Matthews for just maybe you will be here. Just maybe Christmas you will be here. I had a little calendar at the back of my door, which I would cross out every day, every day, until I ran out of calendars. Matthew's mother, Michelle, fell into a terrible depression, but she knew she had to do something. That's when the Olsons decided to start Concerned Parents for Missing Children in 1999. In the two years after he disappeared, I had various dreams about children about children living on the street, about children in drugs, children. You know, I just had a lot of dreams, you know, about it. And I didn't know what her dreams meant for me. And um, my husband was good in writing things down. I, I, I would wake up and tell him about the dream. He would write it down. And I was, and I'm still the kind of parent that only knows house, church, and shop. I'm not a person that you know that you would find on a Saturday evening somewhere like to go visit and, and sleep over so for me I didn't know her I don't drive and Michael takes me everywhere that I want to be so I wouldn't have known those places that I saw in my dream she would spend hours searching for not just Matthew but other children who had gone missing we had 32 members and most of the members was actually parents of children that had been missing. And that's why we call ourselves the concerned parents for missing children, because it was parents whose children is missing and parents whose children were found that joined our group. That, and we, we would go in, into the night, doesn't matter where, we would go to police stations as far as Paul, we would go to police stations as far as um, Simonstown, we would go. The Social Development Department of the Western Cape began to help with funding as the Olsons succeeded in solving more and more cases on their own. Each child that we bring back, 
Yes, it was so, it was, you know, it was but very hurtful. I can find Farida's child. Where is it my turn? You know, we, we had 400 cases and we sold like 300 and something. We got the children. We've learned. Um, and then when is it my turn, Lord? What am I doing wrong? Why could I get my child? And the more we handle cases, we saw in different ways that children disappeared. Different ages shows you different ways. And that is how we grew into. We started um, discovering what is human trafficking. We, to, to we discovered what is runaway. We discovered what is, what, is, what is child abuse, you know, all of those things. A slew of children went missing around the same time as Matthew. Some cases were well publicized, others not. Names like Renata Ishmael, who disappeared aged four and has never been found, abducted from her bedroom on the Cape Flats in 1999. Rafiq Hardin, who disappeared from his home in Mitchell's Plain in 2004, aged five. His body was found 16 days later on a sand dune in the area. Anastasia Lucas, seven years old, who went missing while playing with friends in her Mitchell's Plain neighborhood in November 1997. Missing Person South Africa's Bianca van Asfwegen says there are no recent statistics of the number of missing cases in the country, but every day South Africans awake to another headline about a murdered or missing child. But we've definitely seen an increase in cases each year as our organization deal with these cases. So we definitely have a problem. In 2013, the Missing Persons Bureau actually put out that one child goes missing every five hours. But that stat is, is very old, so we don't know what the newest stats on that is. And human trafficking networks are also rife. Human trafficking is a big problem. Um, it's not just in South Africa, it's worldwide. But yes, human trafficking is also on the increase worldwide at the moment. And she said there is a worrying misconception that families must wait 48 hours before reporting the case. This isn't true. Van Asvegen says the first 24 hours are crucial. She says cases are never closed. In the case of Matthew Olsen, he went missing in 1997. His case will not be closed until a body or a closure on the case has been found any answers. Now, cold cases, we as an organization had actually run a campaign a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and we're still doing it where we still have still not found flyers that we post on cold cases. So we never give up on a cold case. Someone, somewhere out there knows something. The Olsen family would also not give up and spent hours trying to solve cases that desperate parents brought to them. My husband was our driver. You know, when we get the case, it doesn't matter what time, we are in that van. We let our children, you know, our family, our children were on every search that we went. Every search we went. And, and, and whatever fundraising we did, they were 100% there. My family that was in the organization, I would just give them a call in a day because we were motivated. We had a passion for it. Dolores Seister was one of the women they offered support to for years. Her daughter went missing at the age of two. She was taken to Port Elizabeth by the couple looking after her while Dolores was at work. One day, she went to fetch her child to find the couple's house empty and her child gone. It took 19 years but Michelle and Michael never stopped looking and eventually police tracked down Yannicka and brought her back to Cape Town. The couple who had taken her had died.
They was helping me through. And they were the first people that day on the 4th of February. When the year I got my child, they was the first people that come to my house. Because I can, I can see it still till now. How did my girl told her to stand up from the chair and give her a hug? And told her that your mummy was never stopped looking for you. Dolores says it took time for her daughter to adjust to the truth. And I asked her, do you know who I am? She said, no, yes. So I said to her, I am your mummy. And she started crying in me also. The Olsen children started taking part in the searches too. It was healing. It gave them purpose and it brought the family closer. Justin Olsen, who had been just seven when his brother disappeared, said it helped him process the trauma he had been through. We would go, we were old enough to actually go on a search. When we were younger, we were... When the organisation was still young, we were guarded, so we'd always have a family member or a neighbour that we'd, we'd um, that would take care of us at three, two o'clock, three o'clock while my parents were out searching for kids, for the missing kids. But once we were old enough to go out and searches with them, it was exciting because you get to see, you get to see what it's like uh, being on the road. You get to see what it's like um, helping people and 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 tracking down people and. You'd always get that sense of, of, of relief when you find, oh, they found a child or the child was unharmed. You get that sense of relief because you wouldn't, the, the, the impact that it had in our lives, you wouldn't wish it on, on your worst enemy. Former neighbour of the Olsons, Farida Abrams, also joined many of the searchers. They did a lot of good for the, for the community, a lot, you know. And just like Michael said, they did find a lot of kids because they would jump on the case, you know. Um, they say if you don't find a child within a few hours, you know, you're going to lose the child. So they were the group, we were the group, concerned parents of missing children, that would go out immediately and go and search. Some of the cases had tragic endings. And uh, we found the child. He tortured the child to death, 11-year-old Little girl, he, your whole body was full of burns of his cigarette, you know, and uh, we were supposed to tell the dad. I remember Michelle telling me, Farida, I don't know, I'm going to tell this to this man. And um, we're sitting in the car, the body was found, and the father's coming to us. And none of us had the guts to tell him. But the look on our faces told him we found the body. And it just collapsed there by us. The family's organization became so well known that even the police would contact them for assistance. We started to go to parents that children disappeared before my child disappeared and then started to help. But we were hand in hand with the police at that time because they have the authority to go into places. We are just an organization. So wherever we went, whatever case we got, we, we, we make sure that this was filed at SEPS and then we make our own docket out of it. We had cases all over and the minister uh, um, uh, or the MEC of Health and Safety can just phone us. He actually had my personal contact, would call us and say, Mr. Olsen, I want you to go to this case. There's a case. Um, I want you to, to intervene. I want you to take charge. And that's what we did. We were so successful that the police came to us 
to ask us, can't we help us find the kids that we, that we still have in our files? The family also started taking in children addicted to drugs, as well as children needing foster care. We had over 40 kids over a period that we um, assisted through a, the drug rehab program. Um, children after that didn't want to leave. We had to sort of force them to go because you, you are healed. But about 10 years after starting the organisation, the funds dried up. The Western Cape Social Development Department stopped assisting them and the organisation dissolved. Somehow we, was, we were pushed aside. Eventually it, it came to that. The one thing we cannot do things is, we cannot do things without money. You need petrol to go and search. You need to feed some people also at the same time. And so it became a burden. I mean, we were even willing to pay, but we can only do so much. Michelle still has files with the faces of missing children that she will never forget. Cases they were never able to solve. In the case of her son, her resolve to find him remains stronger than ever. Whoever is responsible for this, I think I would say, um, your time has ran out. Come clean. Um, come out with the truth. And like the Bible says, the truth will set you free. I will never stop looking. I will never stop hoping. And I will never stop believing that I will see you one day. This was Missing Matthew, Episode 3. It was produced by me, Catherine Rice, for News24. Audio production by Greg Cocoveos. Field recording by Bertram Malchas. News24 multimedia editor, Charlene Roet. Music courtesy of Getty Images and Epidemic Sound. News reports were recreated. Special thanks to the Olsen family. Anyone with information on the disappearance of Matthew Olsen can contact the investigating officer, Lieutenant Colonel Daliwanga Saki of the Mitchell's Plain FCS unit on 082-559-4631.